Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Yeah, the Mets, they're having some problems. The Mets are having some issues winning baseball games in the month of August. That is for sure. And yesterday, um, we saw Javi Baez and a few other of the Mets players do something if you're a fan of the Mets you might not like very much. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, Man, look at that sky, Shay. It's a little cloudy. That's what y'all looking at yeah. out there in New York. Keyshawn, Stop. Keyshawn's Stop in L.A. <laughs> rubbing it in our face. He's looking at palm trees and sunny skies. Jay Will and I Stop are holding it. it down here in New York. Man, what you mean? Stop. In the grind. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Your skin, it looked like, it it like it's about 20 degrees, but I know it's 120. <laughs> Oh, please. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Look like a million bucks with Dollar Shave Club. Upgrade to a DSC six-blade razor and get an extra close shave thanks to their six-precision cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave wherever you shop, in-store and online at dollarshaveclub.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com. Okay, so I mentioned it. So the Mets. Uh, well, they did something you might not like after uh, their 9-4 win over the Nationals yesterday. And Javi Baez told everyone why he was giving the thumbs down as he rounded the bases. Here's Javi. What does the thumbs down celebration after a big hit mean? Just the booze that we get. You know, we like we're not we're not machines. We're gonna struggle, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna struggle seven times out of out of ten. And and you know, it just it just feels bad when, when, when we strike out when I strike out and I get boo, you know, it doesn't really get to me, but like I want I wanna let them know that when we success we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how, how it feels, you know, because if we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it. So, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I, I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know if if they're gonna do that, they they just putting more pressures on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want. I love it. Oh boy, Javi. All right. So the Mets right now are third in the NL East. Uh, they have a 63 and 67 record. And to say that they have gone the wrong way in the month of, month of August is an understatement. But giving the thumbs down to the fan base that is booing you when you're not hitting or not playing well, eh, I don't know if that is necessarily the right thing to do. Um, team president Sandy Alderson said this in a statement, though, after this press conference yesterday in a post-game press conference today Javi Baez stated that his thumbs down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for their poor performance well these comments and any gestures by him or other players with similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance the players and the organization are equally frustrated but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment booing is every fan's right the Mets will not tolerate any gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way towards our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. End quote. Okay, so that was Sandy Alderson. Also, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, tweeted this. I miss the days when the biggest controversy was over the black jerseys. Okay, so... Now we understand how the Mets brass feel about this. They don't like it. And quite frankly, I do also feel like this is a little petty coming from a team in New York. You're going to boo your own fans. And I'm a Javi Baez fan. Like, I am a Cubs fan. I am from Chicago. Let me just make that clear. And I understand what he's trying to do is, like, send a subliminal message here. But, like, really? Uh, You're the professional. If you want to act like the fans, you're going to eventually be one. Right, Keyshawn? No, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. And the Mets president... I understand where he's coming from because it affects the bottom line. If the fans don't show up, we don't make money. I get it. 
But what I would say is, look, Javi Baez is right in certain things. Support, we win together, we lose together. Booing, you don't necessarily need to boo. Just leave. If they're having a bad game, pick up, leave, wave your hand. Game seven, Houston Dodgers, World Series. I didn't boo. I just left. After spending all the money I spent to watch the game, it got out of hand. I didn't go. I just left. I said, I can't. I got to get up and get out of here because that is a waste of my time. So booing them and then saying that players shouldn't feel a certain way about how they're being treated, he's right. They're not machines. They're going to struggle at times. But you feel a certain way by booing them. And I don't mind, hey, when I played in New York, you mentioned New York and mm-hmm. playing in New York. Mm-hmm. Of course. I played in New York. I didn't pay no attention to no damn fans. Well, that's what because I'm saying. I under, because yeah. I understood that they were fans. And I understood that they're going to say things and do all of that. So I don't have a problem with what uh, Baez did at all. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, if they that sensitive as fans, don't support. Don't go to the game. Pick another team. I, I got zero issue with what he did. Zero. And it's just interesting. I, I know this team was on a downward spiral. I know that they came into all-star break first in NL East. I know that they've lost 21 or 30 games. But what was the final score of the game against the Nationals? I think 8-4. to four. Okay, so they nine won. 9-4. They nine won. To four. They won, correct? Yes, they won. They beat okay, the so here's what I know about New York my whole life and fans in general. Fans actually want you to interact with them. Whatever you need to do to help yourself win – if that's your own fan base motivating you by booing you, if that gets you to a place where you feel like you need to compete, where if throwing thumbs down is back to your fans gets you in the right mindset for you guys to win games, then as a fan, do what you need to do. If I'm allowed to speak my mind, why the hell can't you speak your mind back to me? I don't think that's – thumbs down is not being unprofessional. I don't think it requires a comment by the president of the Mets organization. I don't think it's going to affect the bottom line. I don't think fans are not going to come to games because, you see, Bias, he gave us a thumb down, so we're not going to these games today. If they believe in you, you're winning games, they're going to come see you play. It wasn't so, like, yeah, Shay, it wasn't like he just, like he cursed them out. No, what I'm saying. no he wasn't disrespectful. He yeah. Wasn't disrespectful. But, but, so it wasn't a disrespectful thing, so what's the big problem? I don't, I don't understand. Okay. What's the big deal? Two things. One, I actually think this is good for the game of baseball. Like, any kind of – respectful controversy like this I actually think is very good to the, for the game because it shows personality from the players and interaction with the players and the fans, something that baseball needs more of. And I, look what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like Agreed. this is what we're talking about right now, and it's good for Major League Baseball. However, I do understand it from – and you two both were professional athletes. Obviously, I was not. So, like, from this perspective, I do understand kind of being like, really, dude, you're going to give us a thumbs down because we booed you guys when you couldn't hit the baseball, which we're paying to come see you do. And, no, they are not machines. You're very entitled to have a bad day at the office or have, you know, a bad couple of games or things happen. And, and look, they lost their best player not only on their team in all of baseball and Jacob deGrom, like, who had multiple injuries this year. Things happen, and I understand that. But to retort with this, like, petty thumbs-down thing, just be like, well, if you're going to boo me, I'm going to give it back to you. To me, it's not disrespectful. I'm not mad, but I'd be like, okay, dude. Like, that's how I felt when I read this. Like, I mean, if you ever sit courtside at a basketball game, no, a player, I haven't. Or even close to the game. Yeah. If you say something to a player, players typically respond to you. They mm-hmm. talk to you. So should we have every player that talks back to the fans? Should we have the president of those organizations come out 
and make comments because a player talked trash no, but back that's to a different. fan? So, okay, how's that different? Because that is that's directly a person to person communicating. This is them three players making gestures to so an when, entire so fan when, so base. When, so when a guy makes a what? shot and goes shh to everybody, I'm fine with that. That's so, but that's trash talking. It is, but it's a different Even kind, and it's in a different base. sport. Like it's a different what? sport, and it's a different kind of interaction. Yeah, to me. I don't say I don't care what sport it is. You're interacting with the fans, whether they're in the stands, I'm in the middle of the center field, I'm at second base. I'm still interacting with the fans. If I'm on the football field and somebody is saying something to me as I'm walking through the tunnel and I say something back to them or I do something, I'm still interacting with them. I I don't see what the problem is. That's part of what sports is all about. Fans Fans cannot be sensitive when it's done back to them. Yeah, no, I... Media cannot be sensitive when it's done to them, but it's okay. For the media to say something, it's okay for fans to say something. But the moment that a player says something back, they should basically stay in their own lane is what I'm hearing. No, I am not saying that at all. I'm not of the fan of stay in your own lane. What I'm saying is the gesture to me, this specific example, feels a little petty. That's all I'm saying. When you're getting booed from a fan base, who cares? Like, you're in New York. You know what this fan base is about? Like, why are you letting that get to you? That That is well, where I'm coming from. Have, not stay in your lane. You can never have, respond. Everybody doesn't have thick skin, though. Some Apparently people want to react to certain situations, and the booing has been going on. This isn't the first time. At some point, you do get fed up and tired. Why are you coming? Are you spending your hard-earned money just to come and boo? Like, is that why you really are spending the money? Because you know we're a bad team. We've lost 20-some games out of the last 30, and so now you're just spending the money to come and boo? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Here's what bothers me, is that when the president of the Mets – feels a need to come out and say that the behavior of the players is totally unacceptable. Yeah, I disagree right? like, with that, that as well. That's what makes me I sometimes so infuriated. Money, I, 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 but that's, that's not going to deter fans from coming to games. Well, at least, it, at least the fans know that the Mets organization stand with them and not the players. But, but you, so they can continue to spend that money. But you can, you can stand with the, with the fan base – not by the byproduct being that you have to demean your own players. Like, you, you can do both. You don't have to swing at your own players saying that our behavior is unacceptable and that they have to be beyond that. But you like, that, know, that's what makes me feel like baseball sometimes is such that old guard. Yeah, no, I agree but you with know, that. ownership in professional sports, they're going to go with the fan base because that's the money. The players, they, they'll deal with that another way. And him talking to his team and talking to those players. I'd like to hear what he's saying. I would love to hear that conversation. I would love Ooh, to hear that Imagine trying to talk to you, Key. But, don't, like, can't I don't it just want be as simple as, like, anymore. hey, let's not do thumbs down anymore, okay? Like, uh, we don't need to do all that. We're better yeah, than that. Let's do thumbs up. We don't need let's any do thumbs, thumbs up from just now like, on. If, thumbs up. Hey, Shay, I mean, even if he did say, hey, let's just not do thumbs down, can you imagine what they're going to tell him? I know. They're going to be like, man, if you don't get your ass out this locker room. <laughs> so you're going to find me every time I do a thumbs down? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Now? Exactly. I, uh, look, I agree. I don't think it was disrespectful. I don't think it's unacceptable. I, I think, again, it's good for the game of baseball to have this kind of passionate en- energy that Javi has brought since day one when he stepped on, on the Major League Baseball diamond. I just feel like this specific scenario feels a little petty.
That's all. Yeah, we don't we don't boo the Dodgers. We we don't have anything to boo for. You can boo the Dodgers all you want, but if someone's going thumbs down when they hit a home run out of the park because you boo them, I'd say the same thing. Like, all right, chill yeah, out. Boo, boo's not part of the stadium that the Dodgers play in. I'm sorry. <laughs> Javi Baez did deliver on the field with the two-run homer against the Nationals. Baez overnight delivery is brought to you by USPS. Business is changing, and USPS is changing with it. Find out how at USPS.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service priority is you. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, or more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, so we talked about the angle from the Patriots' perspective about last night's preseason game and what we saw to Cam Newton and Mac Jones. But what about from the Giants' perspective? Because did see a little Daniel Jones. and uh, He looked he great when he had time to throw the ball in the pocket. Of course he did. But when the O-line, there's a little pressure on it, mm, not so good. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette, hanging out with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams this morning. Thank you for being with us. And by the way, if you want to give us a call, weigh in on things on the Dr. Pepper call in line, feel free, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Maybe you have a reaction to the have you bias, thumbs down to Mets fans, or something we're going to talk about here in terms of what we saw from the Giants. So um, it was kind of like, where has Daniel Jones been this entire preseason? And I know some people feel differently about that than others in terms of playing in the preseason and not. But we did get a little glimpse of him last night. And and Jay's right. When he had time to throw, he looks good. Um, but the reality of the situation is you're not always going to have time to throw, especially if your offensive line isn't very good. And so in terms of what you guys saw from Daniel Jones last night, who, by the way, was 17 of 22, he had 135 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And that was his preseason debut, obviously, last night. Um, the Giants 0-3 in the preseason. It's the first winless preseason since 2000 when they lost to the Ravens in the Super Super Bowl. There's that little nugget for you. Nonetheless, Daniel Jones heading into a very critical year for him, a year three, one where we're going to figure out if this is the guy, if this is the franchise quarterback for the Giants going forward. Seeing the little glimpse you saw in the preseason, does it give you hope? Well, him having time in a pocket to throw the ball. I mean, he was under pressure both quarters last night. And the one thing you've heard David Gel- Dave Gelman talk about is addressing the O-line. It's been something that it's been a fluid conversation with the Giants. Now, look, I get that Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadaris Tony, Kyle Rudolph didn't play. I also understand it was it really annoyed me last night that I saw Evan Ingram and also Darius Slayton get hurt and leave the game with injuries. So I'm, I'm giving Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. I just start – I get worried about how he'll be able to survive. If the O-line – if the O-line, like I saw last night, is the O-line that I'm going to see in the regular season, it's going to be a long year for my Giants. And it's going to have the same conversation. And then Dave Gettleman has to go. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. If he's under pressure the way he was under pressure in those two quarters we saw last night, constantly sacked twice, but constantly on pressure, that's the issue I have with the Giants. Keith? Yeah, you know, I thought he played well. Um, I thought he, he did a good job getting rid of the football when he had the opportunity to. Uh, it's a preseason. You don't, you're missing a lot of your key uh, – you know, components on the offensive side of the ball, skill position-wise, that will allow the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands a lot faster based on the routes that they're running, how quick they can get open. I thought he did a good job. I I don't have a a grade on him. It's an incomplete. Um, I think that he has some growing to do. There's going to be some growing pains until everybody gets on the same page and in sync together. I'm not ready to, to move on from him just yet. I think once the season starts and you start to see 
when the real bullets go to flying and everybody's there, what it looks like. The offensive line certainly had its ups and downs to a degree last night, but then at the same time, they also protected at times where he was delivering the football. The strike to the touchdown on the seam route, he was able to have a clean pocket, and when he has a clean pocket, you see what he can be. All right, here's where I feel like we all point fingers at Daniel Jones. It's turning the ball over, right? Like sometimes he makes mistakes with taking care of the football. I will say this, from year one to year two, his interception rate did drop slightly. His completion percentage when he was up against pressure did jump up slightly. So he has improved from year one to year two. And we also have to remember, obviously, he didn't have a healthy Saquon Barkley last year at all. And he's obviously going to have more weapons this year. The thing with Daniel Jones to me is, and and why, for obvious reasons, this is a make-or-break season. Like, there's no excuses anymore outside of the offensive line. I'm going to use that as the anomaly. But, like, you ha- you're going to have receivers. You're hopefully going to have your star running back back. You have an understanding of the offense. You have year two in Joe Judge. Like, you know what it takes to be a franchise quarterback at this point. Like, the excuses are gone. And, yes, we could look at the O-line, but I feel like all we've talked about heading into the season is O-line issues. I mean, we talked about it in Chicago. We've talked about it in Jacksonville. We talked about it in New York. Like, you could go on. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be in this situation. Look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. He's got to make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not comparing Daniel Jones to Patrick no, Mahomes' and his ability either. to escape Just... the pocket. And I'm also saying, I mean, look at the Dallas situation. I mean, last year, look, their O-line was decimated. Look what happened to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm, I'm in agreement that I think there's a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones this year. But, like, let's also talk about why there's a lot of pressure on him because he hasn't had his pieces. And sometimes I feel like you, you fall victim to your circumstance, right? It may not be – Obviously, cut down on the turnovers. He has to be better. He has weapons potentially that can be there. But you do have to be protected in order to get your weapons the ball, Key. Yeah, you, you do. Especially and, he's and not like a mobile quarterback that's going to – we saw the way he ran last year. I mean, that run he had last year, what was like 45, 50 yards where he tripped. Like, he's not the most athletic quarterback no, that's going to be no, able to he, escape the pocket can, that. He can get out, he can get out and, and create some, some – you know, buy some time, extend plays with his legs. It, it, he's not – Lamar Jackson, but he certainly isn't Tom Brady. So I think when you look at him, he can do some of those things. You cannot judge him based on this preseason. We have to see what happens throughout the course of the season. They went out and got players in free agency. They drafted guys, all of those sort of things, and they have to come together. Once they come together, then I think you got a real good look at what you see in a quarterback that could potentially be your future for the next several years. You cannot make a decision based on some things that have gone on in a preseason. Are you betting for him to be the quarterback for the future for the Giants, Key? I, I am. I think so. I think so. You 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 mentioned uh, Tony that they drafted out of Florida. Uh, you, Ingram has to stay healthy and learn how to catch the football. We know what Shepard is, right? Kenny Galladay, they brought him over from Detroit. We understand what that is. So Saquon Barkley, back healthy, we know what that is. And Kyle I think Rudolph, when you put Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph there from Minnesota, yeah. when you start putting all these pieces together, hopefully the offensive line will get strong. Now, here's the problem that I have with the offensive line. They got about three people in the offensive line room coaching them up. When you got that many voices or that many people giving you direction, that's the part that scares me. It's like – Who's the offensive line coach? You know, they got like three people working with the offensive line. That's the part that scares me. It's too many cooks in the kitchen. I just feel like it's hard to determine Daniel Jones' ceiling 
with that offensive line. Maybe. I don't know how good Daniel Jones could really be if he doesn't at least have time to breathe. It's, but it's like every year we do this with the Giants. At some point, it's like we got to move away from this conversation. You got to move on to the skill players and the quarterback. Like we can't do this every single year. It's it's infuriating. I'm not even a Giants fan. <laughs> All right, one injury that is impacting a former MVP that is looking to take the next step. We'll talk about it next after Jay has this from O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking out there in L.A., Keyshawn? Probably not because it's not raining. (laughs) Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts will even install your wiper blades free of charge. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, it is the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. This is Marty Smith, and I'm ready. This is Max Kellerman, and the Giants are ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Carolina Panthers are ready. Zellin Hahn, I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. That's right. We're going to run the no huddle here on Keyshawn. Jay Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Keyshawn Johnson, and he is Jay Williams. Thanks for waking up this morning on a Monday morning. Lots to get to. Preseason now in the books. We're moving on to the regular season, but we've got a week to kind of let this all soak in, marinate, and figure Summer. out what's exactly is going to happen. Simmer. I like that word yes. better, Jay. Um, we're going to start things off here in the no huddle, which is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. All right, here we go. Um, let's start the no huddle in Baltimore, okay, where their feature back is no longer going to be with them this season. So what does this mean, according to Jameson Hensley, our ESPN Ravens reporter? 
The loss of J.K. Dobbins means the Ravens are without one of the most dynamic young backs in the game. But don't expect Baltimore's running game to take a major step backward. The Ravens' run scheme has a track record of producing highly efficient running backs, and Baltimore has a more than capable replacement. Gus Edwards, who takes over for Dobbins, is a no-nonsense straight-ahead runner. He's one of two players in NFL history to gain over 700 yards and average over 5 yards per carry in his first three seasons. So the loss of Dobbins hurts the Ravens. It just doesn't devastate them. Keith? I absolutely think that it's going to hurt them. No question about it. It may not devastate him because of Lamar Jackson at the quarterback spot. He can still be dynamic and do some things with a retooled passing game. But not having J.K. in the lineup, no matter who you say is behind him, certainly hurts this team. Yeah, this is the offense we watched regress last year as well, right? And I understand they're running back by approach uh, model, by committee model. And Gus Edwards, I think, can help, but obviously losing J.K. Dobbins, I mean, that, that's that's a massive loss. It's, it stings for him, too. This is the year that he was going to be that feature back, as I mentioned. All right, let's go out to San Francisco and figure out what Nick Wagner, ESPN 49ers reporter, has to say about where the Niners are on naming that QB1. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan is still refusing to officially name a starting quarterback for week one, but there are plenty of signs about where it's headed, which is in the direction of Jimmy Garoppolo starting and Trey Lance working in situationally. Shanahan hinted at that early in camp and then gave the world a glimpse of it in Sunday's preseason finale. How often the Niners will rotate between Garoppolo and Lance and how it will work remains to be seen. But the one thing we know for sure about this situation is that both quarterbacks are going to play and play a lot in 2021. Mm -hmm. Keith? Yeah, I think that the one thing that you got to take from this is both quarterbacks will play. There's no question about it. But when will that be? I don't think that you can have two quarterbacks rotating in a game on a consistent basis and expect to win in the National Football League. This is not Ohio State football. This is not Oklahoma or Nebraska. This is big-time football. You need your quarterback's mindset to be a certain way. You cannot tinker with quarterbacks in this league because they are sensitive. First off, Ohio State football is big-time football. Don't do that to us. Don't do that to us, kid. We're big you time football. You went to football. Duke, man. Stop. My parents went to the Ohio State. Oh, my you parents went, uh, went to the Ohio State. Is that, I is that how people from Ohio you State went talk? To Duke. Is that how people from Ohio State talk? Okay. I don't uh, even know what my point was anymore. Okay, Damn that's you, fine. Key. We'll move on. Let's go to the Eagles, shall we? Because the Eagles <laughs> acquired Gardner Minshew from the Jacksonville Jags over the weekend, and Tim McManus says this is why they did it. Here's our ESPN Eagles reporter. The way the Eagles see it, what they spent to acquire Gardner Minshew, a conditional sixth-round pick, is about what they would spend on a developmental quarterback in the draft. Instead, they get a proven commodity, somebody who has thrown 37 touchdowns and has 20 starts in the NFL. And if things go sideways this year, and with COVID-19, it's not that unlikely that a quarterback or two would be unavailable in a given week. They now have somebody with a proven track record who can step in. The Eagles love to pour resources into the quarterback position, regardless of who the QB1 is. We saw it work very well for them with Nick Foles stepping in and helping deliver the Super Bowl title in 2017 as a backup. Jalen Hurts is the projected number one, but they're buying insurance just in case something goes wrong. Keith? I think this is a great situation for the Philadelphia Eagles. They made the smart play. You got a quarterback, like Tim said, who started a bunch in this league, who's thrown touchdowns. You don't have to worry about if you, for some reason, need to go to a backup. Because we saw Joe Flacco in the preseason. 
there was mixed messages sent by Joe Flacco, whether or not he was still a guy capable of being a backup in this league. But you got a young guy that you gave up a six-round pick for in Garnet Minshew that's still under contract beyond this year. You can certainly utilize him when the time is needed. I think it's a great opportunity for Gardner, Gardner Minshew, right? You talk about he should send Urban Meyer. Thank you for allowing me to split reps with Trevor Lawrence. For whatever reason you decided to do it, thank you for allowing me to showcase myself. And now I'm in a situation with Jalen Hurts, who's a dual-threat quarterback who can do so many different things that he could get hurt. Who knows what happens with COVID? I might have an opportunity here. Yep, no doubt. Let's go to Cincinnati. We finally saw Joe Burrow in the preseason. After last year, obviously, he was lost to a terrible knee injury. And Ben Baby, our ESPN Bengals reporter, says there was a real impact for the quarterback in Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow got a taste of what the regular season will be like. He played a few snaps in the preseason finale against Miami, three to be exact. Despite the limited snaps and the one pass attempt to Jamar Chase, a bubble screen that was dropped, Burrow said after the game that he feels good to go and he's ready for the week one game against Minnesota. Burrow hasn't seen the field since he suffered a season-ending left knee injury against Washington in 2020. But given all the work that the 2020 top overall draft pick has done since then, Burrow and the Bengals feel confident about their strategy moving forward. As they should. They should feel very confident about the strategy moving forward, considering that they passed on an offensive lineman that could help your offensive line, keep that quarterback upright. We saw the way he was beat up a year ago, somewhat contributed to the ACL injury that he's coming back off of. The kid that they drafted in Jamar Chase out of LSU, there's a panic meter that's going on right now because he seems to have a problem with the catchies. It's called the dropsies. He's dropping (laughs) a lot of football targets that's given the opportunity to showcase his skills. He hasn't yet done that. The jury is still out on him. It's early in his career, but be careful for what you wish for. Okay, so with that, he's talking about Jamar Chase, obviously, and, and as Ben Baby told us, it was a bubble screen that was dropped, and dropped, I say, yet again dropped, the Joe Burrow pass to Jamar Chase. And this is a guy that obviously has chemistry with Joe Burrow, so maybe you'd look to the four total drop straight balls in the last two preseason game that Jamar Chase has had, and you thought, oh, well, maybe not if it's coming out of Joe Burrow's hands because those two have a chemistry, but yet more of the same. And the drop passes to me, and the problems with Jamar Chase – is a bigger issue than what Joe Burrow is going to be this upcoming season, in my opinion. Thoughts? Yeah, you know, we, we see the drops in the preseason game, but I heard that he's been struggling a little bit in training camp as well with catching the football. And sometimes making the transition from collegiate sports, uh, uh, collegiate football to the professional level, footballs are different. There's no stripes on it. The ball's a little fatter, a little longer. It takes time to kind of get used to. Plus, he missed a whole year off at LSU when he opted out to get ready for last year's draft So, or this year's draft. So maybe there's a little bit of excuse there for him, but I don't know how how much longer you wait to see what your top pick can deliver on your football team. I mean, well, you see how he plays throughout the course of the season, Key. You know, you may mention that the ball is different. It's the same thing in basketball. The, The ball we play with in college was drastically different than the ball we utilize in the NBA. And I will say this, there is something about playing in preseason when you probably haven't played in front of fans for a year. He opted out last year. There's something to be said about that. So I just don't want to get into this whole thing where people are so quick to say, hey, there's major problems happening with the Bengals and Jamar Chase because he's dropped four balls. Also, look at the body of work. I understand the ball is different, but five drops on 121 targets in 2019 in his time in college, right? Five drops. So let's take that into account and give him just a minute to adjust. Not everybody comes in the game and destroys the game right away. 
Yeah, I, I hear just you a minute. on that. I, just a hard, just a beat. And look, when I when I saw the drop yesterday, I was like, oh, this is jitters. I hadn't realized that there has now been four drop passes in the last two preseason games. Like, I didn't add them all up like that. And I think that is obviously concerning if you're a Bengals fan only because this seemed like you did this to appease your quarterback in Joe Burrow. That's you could have, as Key said, you could have gone and had Penny Sewell and built a fortress around Joe Burrow, who obviously they have offensive line issues there in Cincinnati as well. And instead you went with your guy that you know they have chemistry that is the only reason that I would I would be taken back a little if I'm a Bengals fan because I'm like wait a minute you guys are supposed to be the sure bet here like why are we still dropping passes but then again it could be nerves I don't Shay, know though but, but when people say they got chemistry all it takes is a, 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 a you can get chemistry with a quarterback in a month okay in a month T Higgins had T Higgins came from Clemson second round pick which I think is their top receiver at the Cincinnati Bengals Think about it. He didn't play with he didn't play with Joe Burrow in college, mm-hmm. and he balled out last year as a rookie. True, true. So the chemistry you can get chemistry with a quarterback in a month. In a month, we can be on the same page in a month. Okay, but then what about the fact that what about the fact that they took Jamar Chase? I would assume because Joe Burrow advocated for him. I would assume, and again, well, I don't I think, know that for certain. I, I, I think that when 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 once they advocated for a player, right? Joe Burrow didn't walk in and say, you need to take Jamar Chase. What they did, uh, Shay, is they said, hey, what do you think about him? We really like Chase. Mm -hmm. Does he have any bad off-the-field issues? What type of kid is he? Mm -hmm. Does he like to work? They asked him all those sort of things. Is he smart? Can he pick up our system? All the little things that they would ask anybody about a player that has a relationship with somebody. I mean, that's just – what it is. When I played, and I played receiver, and if there was somebody that went to USC or somebody that played with me on another team that we were courting, they would come to me and say, hey, what do you think about this guy? Do you think he's this? Does he like to work hard, Key? And I would tell him, say, yeah, no, maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's what that's what takes place. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. All right, how about one quarterback that has never, ever been to the playoffs is somehow, in some world, ahead of two NFL's MVPs on the ESPN Top 100 list? I don't really understand it, but we're going to talk about who is very overrated next right here on KJ, KJZ on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, and Sirius XM Channel 8. You sure that's the name? <laughs> it's Greeny, and Monday I will be back and better than ever reacting to all that I missed during the course of the week and especially to the final weekend of NFL preseason action. We're getting you ready for the start of the season. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests yes. join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, and my name is Shay Cornette. Good morning. If you are just joining us, happy Monday to you Shay. all. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin is brought to you by DoorDash. It is the summer of Dash Pass, and members are getting $10 off groceries, alcohol, and pet food because summer. Try Dash Pass for free and get year-round savings, exclusive menu items, and zero delivery fees now in the DoorDash app terms and conditions apply um all right so say shay you don't know nothing about that though that's that's too much for you he got the top down he cruising right there on the 405 pull up right next to you You it is a dance party every time we come back from break and i like you ain't gonna cruise Cruise on the 405 all right sit in traffic on the 405 There will be no cruising on the 405. Should I say the PCH? That's a better, that's a better PCH, view. That's PCH, a better view. Yeah, yes. PCH yeah. for sure. The, but I don't have no top down. No, I ain't got the top down. You don't got the top down? Too many eyeballs, you know. Then yeah. people oh, start, please! Then, then people will start saying. Then people will start saying the show is sleepy. It's got to wake up in the morning. Oh, you know, geez. all that sort of stuff. No. The format is bad. All right, let me stop. All right, too many eyeballs. I don't want to leak anything to the press. Let me be quiet. (laughs) Okay, well, there's about to be too many eyeballs on this next list because it's a little (laughs) questionable, okay? Uh, 2021 edition of the NFL Top 100 Players has come out for this upcoming season. And while some of these we might agree with, there's one glaring thing on this list that we can all look at and say, what? I'm confused. All three of us, that would be. Wait, can I ask a question? Uh, who, are, who are the analysts? Who are the So, according experts? to the list, um, it is more than 50 ESPN NFL analysts who vote on these players relative to others. He was not on this list. I already asked right. him. But nope. I want to I point this out because this list is predictive of how players will perform in 2021. So, the emphasis of the ranking is entirely on expectations for this upcoming season, not on what they've done in the past. So, it's projecting ahead. So I want okay. everyone to keep that in mind. Okay. It, okay? It right. is not on what they've done in the past. Nonetheless, here are the rankings. I'm not going to give you all of them. We're talking about the quarterback position. But in terms of quarterbacks, number one is Patrick Mahomes. Fine. Then Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, then Kyler Murray. Following Kyler Murray is Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill and Maddie Ryan. Those are the quarterbacks. This is for Again, clicks. This is for clicks. Kyler this Murray is, clicks. is the seventh listed quarterback ahead of Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, and Matthew Stat. Like, this is confusing to Shay, me. Shay, the only reason I can sit up here and, and talk realistically about this list is because it was built, it had to be built for clicks. Like, I, I, and, uh, I try to defend Kyler Murray. On our show, you shouldn't have most to defend often. him if he's going to be the seventh-ranked quarterback. I, I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't. But for him to be ahead of Lamar Jackson, the MVP, like that's hard for me. That's hard for me to look at. Key, uh, I based on the context that you just gave. Okay, I, I. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against it. 
You're based not against Kyler context, Murray being ahead of Lamar Jackson? Based on the context in which you just laid out, Shay, about projections of this year, I don't have a problem with it because when I look at the quarterbacks that he's, he's in front of, when I look at Lamar Jackson, who just lost J.K. Dobbins, who's going into a new offensive system in terms of the passing game to try to get him more opportunities downfield, or I look at Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, coming from Detroit, or I look at Matt Ryan at the bottom and what they losing Julio Jones and all of those sort of things, knowing that he picked up hopefully a healthy A.J. Green. We know what Hopkins is. When I start to – when I look at it that way, I, I don't mind. The guy threw for 4,100 yards a year ago. So it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I do not have a problem with it based on – the context in which you just laid out. So, so then, Key, does that mean that are you becoming more of a fan in no, the, in, in the entirety you, of this list you, of the air rate system that he can outperform? No, no, I don't think you understand. Shay, do you want to lay it out for Jay Will again? Because I don't think Jay Will really understood what you said. Oh, I understood. I understood perfectly clear. All so, I would say, so if it's then, a projection, it, if it's a projection of how players will perform this upcoming year, yes. I'm asking you if you think the air rate system will allow Kyler Murray to flourish more this year in that season. Because I've heard you talk negatively about the system multiple times. Does that make sense now? Mr. Mr. Williams, Jason Williams, you just came back off of vacation. So when you try and twist my words, now I have to become more political with you and be straightforward with you. This is not about the air rate system. Shay just laid out in context saying, that it's about what they're projected to do. Based on the way that he's played in the past, in the projections show that he's going to excel at a different level this year compared to the other guys that he's in front of, I agree with that. I didn't say that Arizona was getting ready to win the division. I never Nor did I say that? Arizona was I going to the playoffs. Say, did you I did understand my, that my I damn bought, question? I did not say that I bought into the air rate system. What I said is, based on projections, his numbers will probably go up given the fact that they got some new toys and some other things where others that are behind him are losing some stuff. That is what it is. Okay. I hear what he's saying. But I hear what he's saying. I he's also hear to... what you're saying. Thank you. okay. Because he likes to make things very complicated. Sometimes. I mean, I'm not, how is that complicated? <laughs> it's simple. Don't twist he my has words a around, Key. Nucleus of offense. Don't twist my words. He's got a Jack better nucleus of offense than Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Matthew Stafford ain't got the receivers he got. Then Lamar Jackson. Not I'm just nowhere going to go, near guys. Nowhere near the receivers. DeAndre Hopkins. Who, DeAndre who over there in Baltimore is even close to DeAndre Hopkins? No, you're right. I'm going. I'm just going through. What about okay, Ryan Tannehill? Come on. We Julio Jones, but but see, it's not about that. It's about what Tennessee is going to do offensively. The ball goes to the big guy, the big guy in the machine, and Derrick Henry. He's the catalyst for that offense. Not Ryan Tannehill, not Julio Jones, and not AJ Brown. That dude back there that's really big. That's how that offense is going. I, it's just weird for me to hear you talk positively about Kyler Murray. It's the first time I'm hearing you. I talk you, so positive I'm, about Kyler Murray all the damn time. Jay, what are you talking about? Stop trying to get the Arizona fans on your side. I'm not. You just I call, always you just call him little Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. You, you I mu- don't like their system a <laughs> hundred times over. It's not that I don't like him. He's fine. I don't like the damn system. They can't win big in the NFL 
running that garbage. But then how Period. is he going to be the seventh best quarterback in the league if Thank they're you. running That's that system? My point. Based yeah. on, it's based, based on what you said to me and to the audience. It's based on the projections on numbers. His numbers, uh, are, he threw for 4,100 right. yards last year. Well, we'll see. Okay, He'll one probably expert, throw for 4,500 Let's go to, let's go to the Patriots. Game. One expert says Mac Jones not only gives the Patriots the best chance to win, but could be rookie of the year. We're, we're oh, coming God. out with bold statements today. You don't want to miss Key's reaction next. It's KJZ on ESPN Radio and Sirius oh. XM Channel 80. Get him, Red Sea. <laughs> Get him. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.